Alright, so back at it. No intro this time. We jump right into it because this is the longest episode ever. This is I Hate Average Podcast. Woo, we got a doozy for you. I hope you guys are ready. Hope you guys got an open mind. This is going to be fun. Uh, today's guest is Miss Shay Marie. Um, I, I follow her on social media and I felt that she was opinionated and I think that this topic was perfect for her. We're not talking about her projects. We're not talking about, you know, her, her entrepreneurial endeavors in this episode. We're not talking about, uh, you know, any shows that she's doing. We're just talking about straight opinions and, and, and not opinions, but we're talking about straight information. Um, it actually turns into a slight debate on uh, the male and female dynamic as it pertains to the black community. Um, it was fun. Great information. Um, there's no winners and losers as it comes to debates, but if it was, I, I would say that she's a winner. Just that because uh, she was a lot more passionate than I was, I was just, you know, bringing up uh, points. But she she thoroughly explained her her points of view. She was very opinionated and very very thorough in uh, the research that she she uh, expressed. So it, it was fun. Um, I hope you guys enjoy this. About last week. We had Ms. Gillian Alex. It was fun. A slight bit of technical difficulties, and uh, you guys stuck with it. I still got positive feedback on this episode, on last week's episode. So thank you guys for that. I appreciate it. This week, I hope you guys are ready. Ms. Shay Marie. I We talked about everything. I don't even want to say what we talked about. It's it's an hour long. I hope you guys are ready. Here we go. Ms. Shay Marie. All right, everyone, I have here Miss Shay Marie. Uh, should I call you Shay Marie or just Shay? You can call me Shay. Okay, okay, okay. So, everyone, uh, usually I bring uh, people in who's speaking about their projects or businesses. But this time I want to try something a little bit different. I got Shay because she's uh, very opinionated on social media. Um, <laughs> it's entertaining. Also, I just felt that... Uh, um, you know, we should share people's views on a lot of things that's been going on, especially about uh, sexism and feminism, uh, feminism, I'm sorry, sexism and feminism in our society. So, uh, since we get started, Shay, uh, would you consider yourself a feminist? Yes. So, the word is feminism. You don't have to add any other consonant. Okay. <laughs> um, it is feminism. And yes, I am a feminist okay. uh, slash womanist. Okay, so how would you define womanist? Womanist is a term that derived from black feminist thought. Um, it was coined by Patricia Hill Collins. Um, and it basically is pertaining to um, black women's um, a labeling of feminism. So we know that a lot of people see feminism through um, a white woman's lens. Of course, yeah. And in like regards to the second wave and third and fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth wave of feminism. Um, but what we also uh, know is that not only were white women um, involved in the feminist movement, it was also women from every country, every continent, like everybody was in the movement. Um, so what happened was since we got removed and erased from the cursory books, 
when it came to <laughs> feminism, we made up our own kind of feminism. Um, and a lot of people, you know, different things, multicultural feminism or just black feminism. Um, <clears throat> but um, I really resonate with the term womanism, um, which also um, not only just talk about black woman feminism, but it also pertains into intersectionality, which means that we all are connected. Okay. And one can't fight for one type of feminism without fighting for another type of feminism, you know, feminism, the same thing with racism and ableism and so on and so forth. So it's really equality and justice for all, no matter the skin color, no matter the origin. Definitely, definitely. Uh, so mm-hmm. it's very thorough definition. I appreciate that. So, mm-hmm. all right, as been what's been going on um, in in our society, there's been a lot of debate. I, I'm sure you've seen it on social media, mostly on Twitter, between um, I guess you want to I would say like the conscious society, conscious black men, and, and black feminism or, or womenists. Black so. A lot of people, I don't want I, I don't want to speak for them, but from the argument that that black feminism seems to be a lot of attack on black men. So, do you think that 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 that's a, a thorough platform that people are viewing it correctly, or is it empowering women, or or is it kind of demeaning black men? I just want to hear your point of view. Yes. So, number one, I love this question. Okay. And I think it is a question that a lot of black men should ask before they respond <laughs> to a lot of things um, so that they can get a more thorough understanding of what they're responding to. But in response to that, historically, um, black women have always been the mule, right? We always talk about like the mule of the earth, right? Even though, you know, it was scientifically proven that everybody in this world comes from Africa. No matter where we're at, no matter where we landed, we all came from Africa, which means we came all came from the womb of a black woman, right? Okay. So starting there, right, and then branching out, <clears throat> patri- patriarchy came up. And not just pa- patriarchy, but white supremacist, white male supremacist, capitalist, able-bodied Christian patriarchy, right? Yeah. Uh, they went and captured everybody, everything, right? And took cultures and killed people and, and murdered people and made things their way of life, right? Yes. So black men, let if we want to talk about masculinity, right? Manhood, right? And all these terms, <laughs> toxic masculinity and all these big words that we throw out there to people who really don't even know what it is. Yeah. Um, you know, black men have their own way of dealing with their own masculinity and manhood under white male supremacist patriarchy. Definitely. Um, and what a lot of black men don't understand, or maybe they understand, but they just think about it differently, is that under this rule that says, like, we, men are first, women are last, right? Yes. They think that they have a piece of that. So because <laughs> I'm a man... I'm first, women are second. And so I think that when a lot of black men think about manhood and masculinity, they want to get the concept of power. 
yeah. and control because that's really what patriarchy is. Of course. Right? Power. It's all about power. So because they're frustrated when they finally realize that this systemic ideology is not for them, then they take their frustrations out on the person that's next to them. That's why we have, you know, the gun violence that's going on in Chicago or yeah. every hood, right, in like America, because we take it out on the people that we see. We can't see the white man who owns that block. Yeah, of course. The other person from the game that claimed that block. It's true. Right? It's the same concept when it comes to women. Okay. okay. Black men take their frustration out on black women. It is historically and historically proven. They said that over, I think, 80% of the murders that happen to black women happen at the hands of black men. Wow. Wow. I didn't, wasn't aware of that. Like, it's, it's a very high number. Like, when we're being murdered, we're being murdered by black men. So this is not something that, you know, I just thought of out the water. I'm like, let me come out and just start thinking <laughs> about stuff I don't know. Yeah. I'm talking about every black woman I have ever met has been either sexually abused or assaulted or raped. They've what, been in some so type like of domestic violence situation. Like, like women in mm-hmm. your personal life, they experience this. Oh, I mean, of course. This stuff has happened to me as well. Wow. wow. Um, and every black woman I know, this has happened to them. And when I asked them who did it, another black man who was posting them that they knew were in a relationship with, it was their father, it was their uncle, whatever. Wow. It was, it, it was them who perpetrated the violence. So wow. I feel like a lot of times when we bring up women, particularly black women bring up the violence that is perpetuated um, to us, which is a very different set of problems than what black men have, right? See, that's, that's the point I, I wanted like... to, to get at, because just to play devil's advocate, I, I don't want to say that I totally disagree, but I just want to play mm-hmm. devil's advocate just to bring a different point of view. Like you just said, uh, you know, black men are under attack. So I don't want to say, I don't want to excuse their actions because it's 100% wrong, you know, attacking black women or, or sexually sexually abusing black women. But if these this are, are uh, 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 people that's being under attack, so basically they're acting out of pain, they're acting out of frustration, they're acting out of, you know, you know, they, that's, that's the only way they could hold on is by their masculinity or, or by their 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 physicality, right? So, most... But that's what we talk about when we talk about the idea of toxic masculinity. Yeah. Just because you're frustrated don't mean that you need to spill black women's blood in the streets. Of course. When, 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 when black women are frustrated, we form sisterhood. You know what I mean? We talk to each other, you know, when something happens to our black men, i.e. police brutality, what do we do? We go straight to the front lines and fight for y'all. Yes. But when something happens to a black woman, i.e. she gets murdered by her husband, like another um, thing that just happened, or 
you know, uh, what happened to Sandra Bland at the, you know, hands of, of like the police or just recently in my city in New York City at Juve, a woman got shot to death in the face at close range because she told a, a black man to get off of her. Wow. Right. Yeah. So we're not talking about or writing in the streets or going to the front line and forming movements when black women get killed. And that's the problem. There are no, you know, presidential forums on national television with the family members of domestic violence victims and police brutality victims of black women. That don't happen. But it doesn't happen so, for, for, for women in general. I don't want to just say for black women. It doesn't happen for women in general. I think domestic violence is something that's not just generally talked about. But in the context that we're speaking of, we're speaking about black people because okay. we're talking about issues that primarily affect black people, which is police brutality. Of course. Right? Yeah. So I'm just saying that in the concepts of that, because I can only speak from my experience. Okay. I'm a black woman, so I can only yeah, speak from a black woman's point of view and from what I see, what I've experienced and what I know and what I research and what I study and what I believe in. So I'm just speaking from that place. I can't speak for others. I do know that women everywhere suffer at the hands of rape culture, right, and domestic violence. I mean, all over the globe, we know this. It is actually a global crisis that nobody ever wants to talk about. But it's a very real thing. And I'm not saying men don't get raped. I'm not saying men don't suffer at the hands of domestic violence. But if we look at the numbers, it is overwhelmingly a woman issue. Of course. so That we overlook. But do you think that a lot of uh, domestic violence, I don't want to, of course, I, of course I don't want to excuse it because it's, it's very wrong. It's horrendous to have a sister. You know, I would, does a, I have a mother, you know. I'm, I'm also married, so of course I don't excuse domestic violence. But, mm-hmm. you know, there, there's, you've got to acknowledge that when you have a, a relationship with two to America, a black American man and a black American woman, there's automatically a power struggle. There is, you know, there's distrust automatically. Uh, there's, there's, I think, if you go back to slavery, there's a, a, a feeling, I think, within black women that this man can't totally, can't totally pr- protect me. He can't totally protect me against, you know, general society, you know, because black men don't always have access to finances. They are not the most educated. Um, sometimes it's their own fault, but these are uh, real things that that create the power struggle. Are you saying that it's the women's fault? I'm not saying it's their fault, but I'm just saying, you know, it's just it's it's a reality, so it's, it's something that comes up that, that, that needs to be acknowledged when you deal with with why these men are frustrated, you know, these men, they're, they're not, they don't have the financial means, and women are not, sometimes it, I don't see them as being the most supportive. Well, I, 
I think it goes back to what I first said about patriarchy, right? Okay. The, the like idea that men are first and women are last, right? Because really that's what patriarchy is. Men rule the earth and women are just somewhere in there doing stuff, okay. mainly in the kitchen and bearing babies, right? So that's patriarchy. But I feel like the conversation that needs to happen between black men is how do we redefine manhood? Mm. How do we redefine masculinity for ourselves so that we don't harm the people that are closest to us and, and, and actually support us the most? Just because a black woman may not say, baby, you the man, <laughs> or she won't, you know, take your stuff, you know, yeah. doesn't mean that, you know, when it really matters, like if you get shot in the streets, I'm not finna, you know what I'm saying, take out this camera and with me and my baby's life and videotape what happened to you so the whole world will see it because I ride for you like that. So, okay. Right? So... And so I think that black men misinterpreted black women's strength and black women's support because just because, you know, we may not treat you as maybe you were taught to see masculinity or taught to see manhood, we are the ones that really love you and stand by you and support you through anything you all do. It is us, you know what I mean, that are, you know, standing on the front lines. Like, it's us that gave birth to you. It's, it's us that are birthing your babies, you know. It's, of course. It's us. So, but so is that always communicated? I, I, don't, I don't understand that, that like disconnect and like the frustration with that disconnect and how, you know, men can really think that, you know, it, it, it like could be the black woman's fault. Why these things? It's like, no, maybe but, you should rethink the way you think about the household. Maybe white male supremacist patriarchy is not for you. Maybe you thinking that you're the head is not going to work with the black woman because of our that, history. Now that's when you're, you're going into a whole different territory. That's what makes it kind of difficult that you say, like you just said, that's I think what you just said brings the the it brings the the, the head clashing when you say look at it different maybe the man is not the head that's that's you know that's that, that flips tables that that causes the whole uh, the record to stop playing that causes I think that's what causes the argument. But my question is why why because I don't because I don't view. I don't. I don't want to use my opinion, but I don't. Okay, I want to say this: men do not view that patriarchal, patriarchal society, uh, that 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 frame, that family frame, as a, a, a American thing or, or a European thing. I we feel that as a as a, a world thing that men are in charge. That men that men should be the head. Men should should take the lead and. I think that's in most cultures. Is that not correct? I wouldn't say most cultures, no. But keep going. So that's what I'm saying. So when when uh, black women approach a man in that way, say, you know, <laughs> maybe you should let me take the lead. I think that's what, when when that conversation is had, that's when, when, when the clash begins and that's when the arguments begin. Because she's not saying that per se, let me take the lead, but she's acting out, let me take the lead. And that's when men feel, they might feel that, that threatenedness, and that's when they, they go to what they know, and when 
they feel threatened. That's when the lashing out begins. But I think that what you're talking about is literally patriarchy and sexism blended together. Sexism is the belief that we are not equal and therefore there are real laws and, and, and like things that are instated and, and, and that we learn about not being equal and, and, and like not, not, not being equal isn't just like we're separate but equal, which sounds like a lot like segregation. But anyway, um, that whole separate but equal thing has real implications on the way that we think about each other, right? Yeah. So that whole thing as in, you know, I'm the man, I am the head, and if the woman challenges me, she's trying to be the lead, that's sexism. Be careful when you say that. Because I've never met a woman a day of my life who ever said to a man, let me lead. But that's the thing. They're not saying it, but they're acting it. And that's when uh, I think a man might feel threatened. And when a a man feels threatened, that's when the clashing begins. But I think that my question is, who taught men that they were the lead? Right? So... I'm just coming from. So you want you changing, trying to change generations. You trying to? No, no, no. Changing what we're taught about gender roles and how we think about women and how we think about men because apparently it's not working. The apparently these 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 ideologies for black men and for black women aren't working. The men are frustrated. They're killing us. They're beating us, and then we're left at the brunt of everybody's stick. Mm. black women are so I would think to myself instead of being offended I would think man maybe the way I do think sometimes has a real implication on the whole other half of the population maybe this maybe this idea of me being ahead don't work why do everything have to have a leader why can't we work together why do you know Behind every man, there's a great woman instead of beside every man, there is a great woman. And beside every great woman, there may, you know, be a great man. It's like, why do we use this type of language? Who thought of this? Who taught us this? Right? Like completely rethinking how we think about gender, how we think about roles, how we think about men, how we think about women, because it has real implications on real people's lives. It definitely does. It, you know, like you said, because it causes violence, it causes frustration. But I don't want to say who taught us this, but didn't I would say didn't life teach us this? Didn't like because I I was never taught differently. I don't believe you was taught differently. I think you you consider things differently. You know, you've been exposed to different things, but you was always I believe you and, and people around you was always taught that that men usually in the family dynamic do take the lead yeah i was taught that but i was actually shown the opposite women were the head of my family they were head of every family that i knew but i was still being taught that men were the head and men take control and men protect us but men were the same people who raped me Mm. men were the same um people who beat my mom right so how can you say in the same sentence these are the people that are supposed to lead you, that's supposed to provide for you, that's supposed to protect you when they're the ones that are inflicting the harm. I was also taught that being a fat woman was ugly by my father 
and that wow. I would never, ever find anybody that loved me because I was a fat, dark-skinned woman. When I first cut my hair, my grandmother asked me, um, how are you supposed to find a husband now? You're fat, you're dark-skinned, and you have short, nappy hair. Wow. When I was younger as well, right, I was, I was always taught that I would have to act different and talk different because I wasn't a white woman, right? So I've been taught a lot of things that we're supposed to be social order, but does it make it right? No. no, definitely doesn't make it right. But do you think that these people, though they were in leadership, they just, because you, you could have bad leaders, right? You could have bad leadership. You could have, that doesn't, you could have like a, a CEO of a company just because, you know, you, you make wrong decisions doesn't mean that you're not the CEO of the company. Right, But so, I think, but I personally think that the problematic idea is that men are the head of everything. That's, that's my personal belief because it completely erases women's ability to think rationally, to think logically, to have any type of power or control over her own life. Women don't carry their own name. Okay, like, like, it's just, it's just a lot of things that women as human beings don't have just, just for the sake of men being able to say, I'm the head and I'm the lead. Why? Oh, you see what I'm saying? But can I, can I, can I play devil's advocate again? I've, this from what I've witnessed in life, of course, you know, there are those who, you know, who become violent, they become sexually assaulted, but they also, I've, also ran into women who love strong men, not abusive men, but they like strong men, men who take leadership, men who who, who are uh, decisive. They, you know, they, I, I, from what I've been exposed to in life, women are attracted towards that. I just say to each his own. I, you know, I feel like for every woman that you might find who likes a hyper or, or, alpha masculine man there's another woman who who like women there's another woman who who you know is like aggressive and more powerful and therefore is a more so a leader right so i feel like there's different type of people in this world and i feel like one size never fits all and if we can overthrow or try to overthrow systems of, of racism, if we can try and, and like overthrow the way people think about sexuality, why is it that we have such a hard time with trying to undo generals? And I think it's because of this. And listen very carefully because I, I, I like I like really hope that whoever's listening really listens to this question. Okay. Because I feel like this is the undermining fundamental reason why these systems are in place. Okay. Nobody wants to give up their privilege. Nobody. So if I say the women you, as well as men. Women as women as well as men, but as far as the isms go, as far as power structures go, as far as con- as far as control goes, right? Who runs what? Who, you know what is dominant over something? Because in over in like order to have a dominant something, you have to have something that's under the dominance. Okay. So nobody wants to give up their privilege. So for a man to say, 
you know what? Maybe we should rethink this manhood thing. Maybe we should rethink this gender thing. That means that you no longer have the privilege of being what you thought that a man meant to be this whole time. And that's, and that's a very scary thing. Change is a scary thing. But that doesn't mean that it can't happen. And that doesn't mean that if it does ever happen, then every, everything would go to shit. That doesn't mean that either. I personally feel like if black men have these conversations about what it means to be a black man, what it means to be masculine, what it means to, you know, talk about the, the idea of manhood in reference to how black women are being treated, I really feel like some eye-opening conversations can happen and they can see how harmful this idea of masculinity really is. And And I also feel like because a lot of men say that when black women speak out about these things, we're man hating or like we're we're like being divisive. I don't believe that. I feel like if we don't get our issues together within us, how are we gonna fight this outer thing with other people? But True. you know, because we're like so worried about how white people see us. Oh, we don't wanna be the niggas, we don't wanna air off the dirty laundry, right? Yeah. Like, but the dirty laundry is killing your mothers. It's, it's killing your wives. It's killing your sisters. It's, you know what I mean? It's keeping like, us in jail. Really it's keeping men in jail. Mentally, physically, everything. Like, what point do we say this is not working? Yeah. At, at what point? I'm just speaking from a point of people's lives are at stake. And more so than anybody, the most unprotected person in America is a black woman. Malcolm X said that. That is the truth. No, I, I believe that, but, but I believe they're unprotected because the black man is under attack. So if you have the head, I don't want to, I don't want to seem like that. I don't want to put the, but if you have the head under it's attack, then the, then that, then the house is under attack. Mm. We're gonna agree to disagree with that, <laughs> but I do feel like as a people, as a species, we have to take care of each other first. Of course. And I just personally believe that because of history and history within American black people, I just feel like this whole idea of sexism and patriarchy and men being ahead and all that doesn't apply to us because it has been constantly, consistently proven that it doesn't work for us. And so I feel like if we really want to come together as a people, we need to have these difficult conversations. Really, really difficult. You know, so, in so, hopes that it it'll be better for our future girl children and boy children. We 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 owe it to our ancestors to keep doing their work. Definitely. So, all right. Uh, so you're saying that a lot of times I hear a lot of the argument that how sexualized black women are constantly sexualized. So right now, me personally, I have a, a young son. So how should I, you know, introduce him to to building a relationship with a black woman? Well, I think the key to raising young black men is to raise them outside of white supremacist patriarchy. Because once you put them in that harmful system, it, it, it has been proven that many don't, don't make it out. And what I mean by that is to not treat your daughter 
is different from how you treat your sons, right? Okay. If it's not acceptable for, you know, Mary to have sex at the age of 13, it shouldn't be okay for J Julian to, you know, have sex at 13, right? So starting that stuff in the home so that they can see I'm a person, you know what I mean? And, and like, I'm being held accountable and therefore my sister is a person she's being held accountable too. But okay. I feel like what happens a lot of the time is that girl children are, are, are usually held to higher standards. Of course. And, and, and that can't happen because that signals to young black men, okay? That could be reckless. That could be reckless. Yes. Yes. I can be reckless. I can be problematic. And it's okay because boys will be boys. Yeah. And Julia can't do what I do because I'm a boy. Therefore, that sexism keeps going. Of course, you know, I can go have sex with 50 women on the block and I'd be the man, but if Alicia went to go have sex with two, she a hoe. Yeah. Right? Like reproducing this sex is but this, but That's just my, Ugh, my whole we argument. We can't do that. But that's that's part of my argument too because maybe I'm I'm 100% wrong, maybe I'm wrong, but this is just my, my way of viewing the world, that women don't think like men. Right? So like you just said, how, how Julian can have sex with 50 women, you know, on a block and feel okay with himself, or Julia can't. But my from from my view on life, Julia doesn't even want to. Like Julia, like she, even if if she does say she does, she has sex with 50 men on a block, and nobody knows. But within herself, she'll feel bad. And Julian, even if nobody knew, he wouldn't even mind. So I think he women think differently than men. But you know why that is? Because we're taught differently. It's not that we have this whole manufactured different brain than men have. We're taught from a young age how to conduct ourselves, quote unquote, as women. The same way that men are taught how to deal with manhood, women are taught how to deal with womanhood. So the way that we're taught is based on these sexist, patriarchal, misogynist systems. We're taught that women's sexuality doesn't exist outside of our husbands. And if so, then we are all these derogatory words and we're not worthy of being married, which is like the epitome of womanhood, is to get married to a man and have kids <coughs> and have a family and be loyal to is them. It, is that, that, is like that the still the of womanhood. Even still in the black community, that's still the pinnacle? Yes, and 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 you you like actually just said why because right before this you asked me um about women's bodies being over sexualized right yeah. we were known as like the Jezebels and stuff like that from from like getting raped by our white slave masters back in the day right yeah. so we became Jezebels and whores and mammies so because of our history with our bodies being shamed and being put on display for the world to see and being stereotyped as wild sexual beings, we're taught that to be a, the epitome of a black woman is to not have sex, is to be respectable, is to find a husband. It is in direct contrast to our history from slavery. Wow. Absolutely. Yeah. Wow. So, okay. So speaking of, of uh, sexual matters, uh, when I one of the first posts I seen uh, was about one of the current events with Nate Parker. 
that you was mm. kind of you was kind of you know very staunch on, on definitely not seeing the movie. You was like you just nope. I'm not even gonna mess with it. I'm not showing no support to it. So mm-hmm. I just want to I want to know um you know just why like I I I, I from what I've seen is that, that he uh, claims his innocence. Um, you know, from evidence that that was shown in court kind of leans towards his innocence. So I want to know, cause you're not the only one. It's been a lot of women who have been saying, you know, mm-hmm. just by him, him showing no remorse and all of these different things, they just can't support. So I just want to know, like, like, uh, what do you think about this? Yeah, Nate Parker. Huh, he's a work of art. Um, <laughs> so I will, I will start with that by saying that for some reason, when a black movie is hyped up, right, it's okay. like all of a sudden black people have to come out the woodworks and support this movie. Otherwise, you know, you're, you know, uh, you're not participating black. <laughs> in like the racist structure. You're yeah. not black. You just wear your black heart. Right. Um, Which I don't believe because if it's something that I don't want to see, I'm not going to see and I don't care who made it because there are going to be plenty of other movies and images made after that movie of many black people and life will go on. So that's number one. (laughs) Um, Number two, as um, a rape and sexual assault and abuse survivor, um, I cannot support someone who I openly know. Um, rape somebody or may have violated somebody. Why do I feel so strongly about this? A lot of men have asked me this. Um, Because when I read the transcript, something became very clear to me. When you're dealing with a woman who is barely conscious from drinking or intaking a substance, she's not able to fully consent. Of course. I don't care how many times you've had sex with her, how deeply you are involved with her, she cannot consent to that act at that time correctly if she is highly intoxicated. Okay. So anything you do after that sexual to her can be interpreted as rape. Second of all, not only did my man Nate Parker, okay, have sex with her on that night, he called two other of his homies to join in, which would be a gang rape. If the third person wasn't like, yo, I don't know what's going on here, but this don't look cool, I'm out. Yeah. Okay? So it's like, not only did you violate her when she wasn't able to give consent right then at that moment, regardless of what previous sexual acts you had with her, you called your homies in on a highly intoxicated woman. But but it, that's the whole thing. What she did in touch, because from what I've seen, they had a conversation, you know, after, and he, you know, he's explained to her, like, I, I thought she was fine. So could he ha- not have been aware I of how drunk she, she was? Fine? I mean, we could come to all type of conclusions, but I'm going to say a very powerful statement. A lot of men commit rape and they don't know that they're raping. So that's a very real thing. Yeah. And definitely. women, and like women are taught that they'll be humiliated if they try to convict their rapist. So most of the time, rape goes unheard, unseen. So so this happens all the time on college campuses. All throughout college, this stuff happens to women all the time. They blacked out, they woke up, their, punny, their panties were somewhere else, and they were like, yo, I don't know what happened last night, but I think somebody had sex with me. But th- you this, think that they makes it kind of tough. That's, no. It kind of... 
it's kind of a, a tough situation because, like you said, if if the guy doesn't know, like if he really does, because let's say, cause I, I want to play devil's advocate again, because I definitely one hundred percent don't condone rape, one hundred percent. But mm-hmm. let me say this, uh, you know, uh, we're at a bar, we're vibing, having a good time, and you know, maybe for the last twenty minutes while we're there hanging out, you might have had one more drink than you should have, but from what I've seen for the rest of the night, we was vibing and we end up, you know, going back to my place and doing whatever. But between that time, you had one more drink too many than you should have. And you ended up, you know, kind of being a little more incoherent than you was earlier in the night. How would you be aware that she was more incoherent than, 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 you know, the, the hours before? Well, that's a different case study than what Nate Parker practiced. And I'm explaining to you this very briefly. When you're vibing in a club with somebody and you're chilling with them and y'all both have drinks, it's a very common practice that men are taught to get women under some type of influence so that they'll be um, a lot looser and they'll say uh, yes to sex faster. I still like the is, semantics you use to stay in the practice. I don't want to say practice meaning that, you know. But it is, though. Are... It's a ritual. I have been I around I like many. That word. It I is. Like that word. I know. I know. But this is where we do our work, right? This is where the hard work comes in, right? Yeah. We are taught. A lot of men are taught to get women under some type of influence so that they can say yes to sex easier, right? Okay. Am I right or wrong? I, I, I'm, I'm going along with you, but I still like the wording that you're using. <laughs> I, I totally understand, but but rock with me, right? So this is something that happens all the time that men are taught to do, which is a rapey practice, okay? Because Uh, when a woman, when a woman or anybody is highly intoxicated, I have barely heard of when a man is slurring drunk and don't really know what to say in his words. He's barely conscious that a woman is like, all right, let's go to the room and do this. No. Like, yeah. I have never looked at somebody who was highly intoxicated and thought, ooh, it's going to go down tonight. But for some reason, men are taught that. It's absolutely gross and it's rapey. Okay? It, it, it is. That's number one. If you put it that's that way, one. it is. If you put it that way, it, it is. is. Because that's exactly what it is. I've seen many a drunk people, attractive drunk people, and I've never thought to myself, it's about to go down tonight. Even after talking to them. Even after so, okay. maybe buying them a couple of drinks. Let's say, let's and, say but he, he was vibing with the guy. With let's Nate say he was vibing with him. Vibing with him? Whatever. He was vibing with a... him, but then he had one more drink too many. And mm-hmm. and you thought you... Let's say you talked about even it going down before that he had one right. more drink too many. You kind of sensed he was a little incoherent, but you still mm-hmm. went along with it. You wouldn't do that? No. Me personally, no. I don't have sex with non-conscious people because that means that consent is, the lines are blurred. And I don't want to be caught raping nobody. Is it Because that's really what it is. It is rape because they can't consent. Rape is the absence of sexual consent. That's exactly what rape is. It don't have to be forceful. It don't have to be punching you in the face. It don't have to be a stranger in the back of an alley. It is the absence of consent consent clear and transparent consent that's what rape is and a lot of men don't know that which is problematic and that's why i also have sympathy for y'all because nobody teaches you that 
So you go out into the world and you do these things. And then like that college football player that was put alongside with Brock Turner did the same thing Brock Turner did, almost identical. Brock Turner got three months and the black athlete got 15 years. Wow. So this is what happens to our men when they're not educated about what rape and consent is, which is why I feel sympathy there too, because it's like, who teaches y'all? Y'all don't have these conversations. Nobody has these conversations with you, so how are you supposed to know? So basically, if you but if you want to use that definition, the women are getting raped every night. Then no, if no, you if you don't. want to use if you want to use that that interpretation of it, you know, people go out and you know it's so do like people. do like women get raped a lot more and and like a lot often than people think they do. Absolutely, yes, All yes, right. that's the truth. If, but, but just by using your definition, I don't want to say that. But yes. By using your definition, I would say yes. Yes. And like I said, people's idea of rape is, oh, this guy forced himself on top of her. He slapped her. He told her to shut up. No, no, no. Rape is literally just the absence of consent. Anytime when there was not a clear defining line of consent, then rape has occurred. If, if you continue to keep going. Okay. Yes, that is rape. Yes. So in, in context to Nate Parker, the difference with that is not only did my man not really know if she was like fully consenting, he called his boys over. Come on. Yeah, that's, that was... He called his boys over on a highly intoxicated woman. That's, that's straight rape. That's straight rape. Any way you look at that, that is rape. And like people will say, I mean, but she said she was down with it. No, because white women are highly sexualized too within yeah. men of color, especially black men. They feel like, okay, you hit up Becky, you get Becky these two drinks, and she'll go not only with you, but the whole team. How many times have we heard things like this? Of course, yeah. So these are harmful, harmful ideologies that a lot of men hold that they don't really realize contributes to rape culture and it's a very real thing okay it's so a very real thing so like you just said let's say let's say he did rape her but could he mm-hmm. have done it not realizing he was he was raping her absolutely but here's the thing with nate parker that gets under my skin nate parker came out and addressed it himself did nobody dig in the crates and get this up you know, so it become a conspiracy for a black man that made film. No, he was told by Fox and and like his other people within his camp to bring it up before people find it out. Uh-huh. So he comes out to address the issue. And at first he's like, you know, I got a wife now. I got about four, five, six, seven, eight daughters. I'm not <laughs> a woman hater. I'm not a rapist. You know, I'm a better man now. That was a painful time in my life. And never one time did he mention anything about what this woman probably have went through dealing with his ass and dealing with his rapey friend. Yeah. He never talks about the woman. Then he finds out that the woman committed suicide back in 2012. So then after he finds this, I'm sure people was like, oh, shoot, pal on the guilt, right? So then he has an interview with Essence and he tells Essence, all of these really great sounding things 
you know, I was I was 19 years old, you know, men don't have conversations about rape and like about consent, you know, this but I'm true. promising this... to, I'm like promising to like do better. And, you know, I'm really sorry for all that has transpired and I'll be an ally. He used the word ally. I'll be, a, I'll, I'll be an and 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 I lied to y'all if you'll have me. These were the exact mm. words that Nate Parker said in the interview. Then he <laughs> comes back around and takes an interview with Robin Roberts and saying, No, I don't apologize. He was like, you know what? I'm done with all this hoopla about this rape crap. Look, y'all stop that foolishness, pay the money and go see my movie. That's basically what right. <laughs> So my issue with Nate Parker is, honey, don't shoot the shit when you feel like it's going to benefit you. If yeah. you don't really be about this ally life, you're going to have to work hard. Every day I deal with black men coming to me telling me how much I hate black men when all I do is love them enough to want to hold them accountable and really think how we can improve relations between black men and black women. That's why I care so fucking much because I love the fuck out of y'all. Okay. That's how much I love black men. And so, so is there like, ever if you really want to be about this, you yeah. got to live that life. Nate wasn't trying to live that life. He was trying to get black women to buy his movie ticket. And that's why he's such a fuck boy. Because he, yeah. if if he didn't care and, and like if he really wanted to hold up his whole I was found innocent, woo woo woo, he should have did that the whole time. He should have never tried to get us soft with him yeah. <laughs> say that he's going to be an ally do absolutely nothing to be an ally and then on top of that you put two rape scenes in the movie with one of the scenes being performed by an actual rape survivor and what uh, world do you do this <laughs> i mean i don't think he was thinking all this no when historical he was making... context on that turner story i don't think he was None. thinking about all of this uh when he made the movie i think he just was you know, trying to be creative and, and make it a movie. I don't think he considered uh, if someone was a rape survivor or anything like that. And that's the problem. And that's why I'm here to say black men or men in general need to be held accountable. There are way too many pe- uh, women and people that suffer at the hands of domestic violence and rape for us to be insensitive to that type of stuff. How dare you say that you're going to be an ally for women's rights and women's issues, particularly in the black community? You know that black women are the most vulnerable and the ones that are going to be the most likely to support you. And then you go back and say in a woman's face, you know what? No, I'm not apologizing for nothing. Yeah. Go buy my movie ticket. <laughs> that's why that's why Nate Parker is a fuckboy. That's why his case is totally different from all these other examples I've been using, because we were rooting for Nate. Yeah, I wanted to go see The Birth of a Nation very badly. But then and you read the transcripts. Actually, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to be honest with you. I still want to go see it. Even after all of that, I still battle with, all right, maybe somebody will bring it on DVD. Like, I still, <laughs> I still want to see it because that's how much I love my people and, like, I want to support my people. But yeah. what I cannot do and, and, and really, my conscience won't let me, is support somebody 
who is living a lie and who do not want to be held accountable and don't want to have these these like really difficult conversations and really work on self. You owe it to your daughters. He has a daughter that's about to enter college. Women usually get raped either when they're really young or in college. And I'm just like, I hope to God that his daughter don't meet the 19 year old him. You're right. You're right. So, okay. Let's say we're speaking to college students. So, how do you, how do you get consent, right? Because let's say you're hanging out, you know, you have a few drinks. How do you know when you do and when you don't have consent? I feel like you will know by either words or and or body language. If if it's not clear to you, don't try anything. If you don't hear a clear yes, I'm going to have sex with you right now. You do not have consent. And also I would tell men that the worst time to try to get sex from a woman is when they're under the influence of drugs and alcohol. Just don't do it. That's my advice to college students. Okay. Okay. I appreciate that. I appreciate your time. Do you have time for one more question or or do you got to go? Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Another hot topic that I constantly see a, a lot of Womenists or on Twitter and social media talking about street harassment. Is that a real mm-hmm. thing or is it just something that, that that's being hyped up? I live in Harlem in New York City. Okay. And before I, I lived in Harlem, I lived in Newark, New Jersey. Before I lived there, I was born and raised on the south side of Chicago. Oh wow. Okay. Um street harassment happens to me every day of my life. Okay, there so what what would you not define one day that I don't get street harassed? What would you define as street harassment? You know, is this difference between you know talking to a woman in the street and harassing? Mm-hmm. So what would you define? Street street harassment, um, can 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 get a little sub sub subjective. I I like will say that. Okay. But a lot of the time, I feel like street harassment is usually a woman walking down the street. A man is usually in a group, which means more than two or three of men, mm, and okay. they're trying to call out to a woman in some type of way that doesn't reference her her like humanity. So let me give you an example. I'm walking down the street on 125th in Harlem. You have about four guys standing on the corner. One of them says, hey, I love big girls too. That's street harassment. Uh, right? It- or if a man tries to talk to you on the street and you say, hey, sorry, not interested or whatever, you know, you try to keep walking and he keeps trying to pursue something while yelling at you down the street, that's street harassment. All right. So, okay. And, and like so many other examples, but I'm, I'm, I'm just giving you two. Is it, okay, is it just uh, like a nuisance or is it really, really harassing? Like they... I understand, like, the pursuing and not leaving you alone. That's definitely harassing. But like you said, the guy said, I like big girls, too. You know, is it more an annoyance or is it really harassing you? Well, here, here's the thing. I feel like men don't really understand what street harassment is because it don't happen to them. Yeah. It, and it's, it's, it's a different sure dynamic. It would, it would never don't, happen. It don't happen to them frequently. It don't happen to y'all the way it happens to women. And I personally, I'm gonna be honest with you, because of the institution of sexism, I do not believe that men get street harassed. No, it'll never I, happen. I will it'll say never that. happen. Yeah. 
women do not sit around in crowds and say, hey, shorty, with a large print and in the gray sweatpants, let me come uh, talk to you hot, hot. We it, don't do that in a group of women. It's few we and far between. It, it, it can happen, but it's few and far between. I'm just saying, it don't it don't happen like that. We were not taught to invade men's spaces. Men were taught that women are, you know, like, our like bodies are not ours. That we simply exist for y'all sexual pleasures and desires. That's like, do, what men are taught. Do you really, do you really believe that? No, no, no. This is absolutely. It don't have to be said in that way for it to be interpreted in that way. Men feel like you know they can come up to a woman, they can grab her butt, they can sweet, mm. uh, sweet talk, sweet nothings in like her ear. They feel like they can invade space. And it's okay because that's what's supposed to happen. Women are supposed to be hunted and men are supposed to be the hunter. What is that saying? We can invade your space. We, uh, I don't I don't want to say they can invade the space, but of course we're all taught that men are the hunters and women are to be the hunted. That's just how how it's just how life is, right? Because how would we have you know, how would we have relationships if that dynamic wasn't there, right? Because you just you like can you come said, to a mutual but, understanding. But like you just said, you know, women don't pursue men. You know, there will never be a group of women seeing a man, even if they're attracted to him, going up to a man and saying something to him. That just it just doesn't happen. So it's a different. It doesn't happen because we're taught not to do that. But we'll, it, we'll never fact, be taught to do taught that. To, and women are taught to avoid men altogether for for our safety. That's what we're taught, if you really want to be honest. Is it for your safety or is it for, you know, to to keep the the the, the image of being a quote-unquote good girl? I feel like it's more so safety, but it does have everything to, to like, do with being, quote-unquote, a lady and, like, respectable politics and all that. We, you know, we can get into that later, but yeah, Absolutely. Cause I'm sure I, Absolutely. I don't want to be in your business. I don't, I don't know you like that, but I'm sure, you know, even though you might be harassed or the guy might say something inappropriate, you might, you know, be walking down the street and, and the guy who says something to you, he might, you might slightly be attracted to him, but you just, just because he approached you in that way, you definitely, you know, you don't allow yourself to, 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 you know, indulge in a conversation. It has been proven that street harassment doesn't work. What I, works, I definitely, of course. <laughs> what works is if you come up to a woman and treat her like a human being, have a conversation with her, approach her, ask her what's her name, you know, compliment her, say something nice about something that you think you guys might have in common. But yelling, hey, girl in the tight green skirt ain't going to do nothing for you wanting to, you know what I mean? Like, come on now. Like, yeah, let's be real. Yeah, and, and like, as a woman who live in 2016, I approach men all the time, but I would never approach them in a disrespectful manner. I would just say, hey, my name is Shay. What's yours? Hey, I noticed you across the way. I thought you were kind of attractive. I just thought I'd come and introduce myself. Why can't men do that? You're right. Yeah, absolutely it right. Is, it, is, it is a way to do things. Nobody is saying that women don't like, you know, manly attention. Nobody is saying that sometimes the harasser may not be, you know, may like be attractive and we may have talked to them if it wasn't in that context. Absolutely. But it's a way 
to do things. Of course. And, and also, when someone shows disinterest, it is in your best bet to walk away. Not oh, of course, of course. Face, <laughs> not of to course. get physical with her. Of not course. to verbally abuse her, right? And these are the things that happen to women on a daily basis. But it does, is it happening at scale or is it like very, very rare cases? I wouldn't say rare cases at all. I see women being harassed every day, all day. And it ranges from just the cat calling to I see literally a woman and like a man yelling at each other in the street because the guy refused to think that she would deny him. You seen that often? You seen that? It happens to me. Uh. It happens to me on a regular daily basis. I would say about four times out of seven days of the week when I'm walking in a strange place. It's, It's not the shouting match. It's the, hey, look, I said I'm not interested. I really appreciate it if you let me have my space. Then he's calling me all type of fat bitches. And then he's talking about how I wasn't cute anyway and all this. But you were just saying, hey, beautiful. Or big girls can be beautiful too. Two seconds ago when you were trying to get my attention in front of five of your boys. And and like what men also don't understand is that it's fucking humiliating. You're like on a corner in the street in front of like a hundred people. And somebody (laughs) is degrading you and demeaning you in front of everybody for no reason. Wow, it's true. It's humiliating. It's humiliating. And men, some men, not going to say, you know, men in general, but, you know, some men really don't, I don't know if they don't understand it or, or, or like if it's been what they've been taught to do or whatever, but it's just really unacceptable. It really is. It is a way to do things. And it is a respectable way to do things. And it's a time and a place for everything. Definitely. And thank you so much, Shay. I, I, I kept you longer than I, I didn't expect to keep you this long. And I thank you so much for your time. Thank you for your mm-hmm. honesty and your openness and your opinions. I appreciate it. I hope I didn't offend you with none of my questions or anything. No, absolutely not. This is what I live for. This is what my work is about. This, this is my purpose. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. Having conversation, being in dialogue. Definitely. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Um, you want to shout out any of your social media or anything? Um, yeah. So if okay. anybody wants to follow me, they can follow me at Shay Marie with a S. Um, S-H-A-E. And then the middle name Marie. I'm also coming out with my blog and my website um this fall slash winter so i'm aiming for the end of november okay and that's gonna that should be, be called fun. all things moi so all with three l's things moi all together.com so look out for that in november and december i'm going to be vlogging and blogging about fashion and about black women and about black stuff period and then cool. it's, it's like going to be great uh thank you so much i appreciate you have a good night uh thanks again thank you all right all right, there you have it. That's my interview with Miss Shay Marie. I told you guys this was a doozy. We did it. Longest episode ever. I hate average podcasts. Um, fun, 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 man. It's, I hope you guys can share this with your friends. Tell a friend to tell a friend. We're going to be doing this monthly. I'm just talking about a topic that's kind of unpopular just to ruffle feathers, get the conversation going. Just, you know, I think if you express express ideas and keep the conversation going we can grow feeling that discomfort right that discomfort where you say oh i didn't like it you said that why would you feel that way 
instead of you know fussing and fighting with each other, feeling that discomfort, and we could understand other people's side and other people's points of view. Um, I think that's kind of important. Important. So, um, thanks again, Shay Marie. Great conversation, fun. Please, guys, email me if you hated this episode. If you love this episode, email me both. Uh, show at averagej.com. Once again, it's show at averagej.com. Continue to support, rate, review on iTunes. Check out the website averagej.com. Check out the website averagej.com. Hit me up on Twitter and Snapchat. I hate averagejay. Of course, my Instagram is just spelled out. I hate average podcast. Also, hit up Shea Marie. I believe she said it towards the end. I think it's just Shea Marie, S-H-A-E, Marie on Facebook. Check her out. Um, she has the blog coming out, the video vlogs coming out. Uh, you already know she's opinionated, so of course it's going to be entertaining. Um, so I'll talk to you guys next week.